This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports and Orso. God dang it. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. And Sports and Ortho is a physical therapy and uh, sports medicine clinic where you can go get direct access to uh, physical therapists and and a primary physician actually they have over there too. Um, well, they're privately owned. They're not some goofy corporation. And I can speak for experience that the ownership, uh, Dahlia, especially of Sports and Ortho, uh, amazing generosity for us and our department and departments. Uh, Seeking out help too, uh, right? It's just her generosity is unbelievable. And I know they're big on they're big on one on one appointments. You know, they're they're huge where you're not just going to go in and um, and meet with a random person or meet with a group of people like yeah, it's. Dahlia said that ninety percent of her clientele are CFD CPD. So she understands the process. You don't need a doctor's note to use them. It's covered under our city policy. You can request them if you're being sent to physical therapy and you want to go uh, to Sports and Ortho. There's always one by any one of our houses uh, for city employees. There's numerous locations everywhere, so there's always going to be one close to you. Yeah, they're all around the Chicago and area. Yeah, so give them a call or visit them at sportsandortho.net and uh, they'll they'll get you fixed up. Yep, yeah. Part two, we're back. Part two is about to be really entertaining, so. <laughs> yeah, hang on to your hats. We want to uh, thank Chicago EMT Training, located at 2054 West Cermak. They were, they were amazing with this EMT scholarship that we handed out. Congratulations officially to Kirby, who uh, was the recipient of our first uh, scholarship to EMT school with Chicago EMT Training. They're going to be the summer applications are uh, going on right now for March 6th. Classes run mid-May to late August, and they'll meet twice a week and uh, four times every other week. Uh, half of it's online, half of it's in person. Chicago EMT training. How cool is that, Vin? Would you? So what? What made you? You're the guy. You're the guy. I what am the guy. You, what made you uh, scoop out Kirby? Uh, how she did I pick like a sweetheart? How, yeah. did, how did she, uh, of, she? Of all the essays that you read, hers was very compelling and emotional. Yeah, a lot of the applications we got were were amazing as well, but the the passion in the paragraph that she wrote to us, uh, wanting to do this, a lot had to do with her grandfather, who she's actually named after. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. it was. I read that one. I, I was like, I, yeah, we. We have a winner here. Steve and says you're soft. Yeah, I don't believe it. No, I no, no. He, he doesn't know anything. Oh, Speaking shit. of soft. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Chicago EMT. Chicago um, EMT training. The number is 773-823-1354. We also would like to make an honorable mention here to the Quell Foundation. And they are running their resiliency program and... Uh, they have the documentary called Lift the Mask. 
which they put together, including the guy, I've posted the picture with him, uh, Chris Fields, who was the Oklahoma bombing iconic picture of him carrying the baby. Mm-hmm. Do, mm-hmm. Do, do you know that picture? Yes. Do you remember what the rumor about him was? Ever, I, I remember taking a class, and they showed that picture of Chris holding this baby, you yeah. know, a, a little bloody little baby, kid, yeah. and uh, they were said that it was something about PTSD, and it's like, this guy right here, he committed suicide right after this. And so when I had the chance to meet Chris, I was like, what do you mean meet Chris? This guy, I thought this guy committed suicide. He was like, no, he's walking in right now. And we had dinner and we went to, uh, with the Quell Foundation, and we went to go view the screening of this documentary, which is really cool. Greg, this is right up your alley. But I you actually can, saw it. Did 30, you really? At 35th you Street. Yeah, it yeah. was great, right? It's amazing. So you got to talk, you got to do the, like, round, the discussion with the... Yes. That was really cool, right? Yes, it's very touching. Wow. You can go to the uh, quellfoundation.org, Q-U-E-L-L, quellfoundation.org, or you can go to quellfrp.org and that's for the uh, quell first responders resiliency program and so look that up if you can get that uh watch the trailer for the documentary and they will uh they're still working on getting screenings out to everybody so shout out to those guys and they're huge mental health uh they're all about it i mean you took the thing, so the Quell Foundation doing a good thing, right? Yeah, so I'm really glad you mentioned the Quell Foundation. Um, I'm a peer supporter also for the Chicago Fire Department, and um, they put out that there's a viewing of Lift the Mask, and I went down to see it, and it was all CPD. It was a shame that there was right. I was there only was one other CFD when Correct. I was down there. Was anybody invited? Or well, that was, was the um, thing. We were an afterthought to get invited, but they Correct. wanted especially with everything going on with CPD, they wanted to uh, make sure they had enough spots because they were pulling people from days, afternoons, and midnights. So they had all these screenings going on. They wanted to fill for those guys. And then they just, at the day before the start of the screening, they said, oh, CFD can go as well. So we didn't have any warning on it. They didn't promote it to us at all. But So you saw it, Vince, right? I did. Okay, yeah, it... My goodness, it's powerful. It's a lot of firsthand, it's hardened, hardened guys and girls that are just, they're badass. They've always been badass. And they uh, were almost overcome by their mental health issues. Yeah. Everybody had that, that story. Um, everybody on that panel had that one story. It's the same thing. They... They get to a point, and then it's downhill from there, and there's no stopping until you get to the bottom, and then you got to start picking yourself up. The wonderful thing about it is it shows that, like you said, the these people got to the bottom, but they rose back up, just like a phoenix. You know, you got to burn your ashes to, to rise again. Yeah, well, Chris's story, I mean, he really went to the bottom, mm-hmm. and it's so great to see that he's – you know, worked it out. And prior to seeing the, the documentary, uh, we were having dinner with the Quell Foundation and Chris, that's where I met Chris for the first time and talking to him. What a great guy, a sweetheart. And then I go see the dark side of it. I was like, God Mm -hmm. damn, it's even more dramatic after talking at length with him and just hanging out with him. 
we both had a glass of whiskey just hanging out and then seeing the dark side of him, mm-hmm. I was like, shit, that guy took a long fall. Yeah, for sure. So that's that you're entertaining a new point that I want to address, and that's that hardened firefighters and paramedics, how do you reach out for help? How, how, when you have a stigma that says you're in the firehouse, you can't have any problems. You can't ha- be hurt. Oh, you know, Steve just hurt his hand. How does he come back? How, is he going to be able to pull ceiling? Is he going to be able to make the roof? Now you have a mental health issue. Um, oh, my God, I'm going to go into this fire with him. Is he going to be able to do that? And it's that stigma that we have to abolish. Um, yeah, it's horrible. Well, I think even go back to the Quell Foundation, that's one of their initiatives is uh, lifting the stigma. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what we're up against in this fire service as it pertains to mental health is that fucking stigma of you got problems, bury it, and then bury the shovel. Right, right. But here on that panel, you had, so for people that didn't see this, so they showed the the viewing, they showed the the video, and then afterwards there was a panel of four or five people, right? Yeah. And they were members that were in the film itself, and they were sharing their stories. And there was one guy, he was a, a SEAL or something like that, or and he was in the mil- military, and then he was a fireman. And he said, you know what, the bravest thing he ever did was was to get help, you know, and I think we need to promote that. We need to do something to make it okay. And I think making it okay, that's why I think for you with 22 years on and a ton of people know you on this department, for you, like, for you to say that it's okay, I think it's going to go a longer way and resonate with more people to be like, hey, I can go talk to Greg. And and, Gre- and Greg's legit, too. Like, how long did you spend at 113's house as both a medic and a firefighter? Uh, it was five years as a medic and eight and a half years as a fireman. That's, you know, that's a long time to be on the on the west side of Chicago, you know, and, and, and humping it. And that's what one of the be busiest, know, busiest. In the, yeah, in the city, you know. I mean, you're that <laughs> you're out all day. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, when I when I first started in the at the counseling center at Burlington Heights, my director and I were trying to figure out how are we going to do this, how are we going to model this, and she said to me, she said, "Do you ever have you ever watched the show Mash?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I loved Mash. Remember Mash? Oh yeah, yeah. you know." And there no. was a came on after the cartoons. <laughs> no. It was a first oh, show yeah, after yeah, the cartoons. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. 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 After, yeah, Yogi Bear. <laughs> And there was, uh, she's like, remember the counselor that used to wait in the wings and kind of wait for a problem to arise? Oh, that guy was awesome. Sidney Freeman, yeah. Um, He drank martinis with those guys. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, He sure did. But he would come there, and he would kind of be waiting in the wings, and he'd come out, and he'd say, um, oh, it looks like you're having issues with this. Let's talk about it. And he was right there at the right time. So I approached it the very same way at the firehouse. So we'd finish up dinner. And a lot of guys will, and girls will, you know, have a cup of coffee, have a cigar, 15 feet from the door. Of course. And um, I kind of just sit there and we start talking. And my whole life, people have spilled to me. People have always talked to me. I don't know if it's my demeanor or whatever, but it always comes out, whatever their issues are. And I would sit there and I would listen and I would talk and I would not preach and I would not give advice but I would listen. And then at the end, I'd hand him my card and say, hey, I'm a counselor. 
I'm a therapist. Um, why don't you and then you sent them a bill. Yes. <laughs> but here's here's the good thing about the bill is we we waive the copay for first responders. Oh, so you, okay. so it is free. Oh. <laughs> it's free. Well, you you <laughs> pay for it. You <laughs> pay for it. Yeah. Well, someone's paying for it. I got you circle back on this, Vince. So with the... Um, well, I was going to circle even farther back because I want to go back to my uh, critical incident stress debriefing and at, talk to Greg about how that whole model has changed. Yeah. Well... I'd like to change it. Um, it's not a very popular opinion, but when you shared your story, uh, so there were two stories that were shared. One was yours, where we were talking about everybody at the mashed table. Potatoes? Yes. Mashed potatoes? Yes. <laughs> mashed potatoes. We can, we can touch on mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, we're, this can is we, a different story. This is a different story. This would oh, be a different, different organ. Right. A different organ was being used. Right, the brain. It's still the brain. Sorry, Greg. Yeah. Can, can I see that book real quick? <laughs> I don't see a chapter in here. <laughs> so I'll see you on Thursday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Session, right? 100%. <laughs> My wife will be so happy. To hear <laughs> like, I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for years, and he really should. Um, yeah, no, but like, we, yeah, we were talking about how, um, you know, again, there's, there's instance now where I feel like it's becoming a lot more prominent where, uh, Vince's situation where there'll either be a bad call or something happens to one of your guys at the fire department, or there's some type of incident that, that occurs. And now instead of like a group, it, is it considered CISD when it was a group? Yeah. Then, versus like now more of the, what you were talking about, Vince, where it's like, hey, we're here. You don't have to see us or you don't have to talk to us, but we're around if you need us. I'd like to um, jump in on that. And I talk about that in my book is yeah. have a bunch of firefighters and paramedics sit around and talk about their emotions doesn't really bode well. Right. It doesn't, I, I think it's a good, it's good to intervene and try to get them to talk about it. But does, would would you guys do that? Honestly, let me ask you. Would if you had a, an incident happen, would you talk about it? Well, my wife is also an LCP counselor, so uh, <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's out. Yeah. <laughs> my what? But you mean I, like back at the firehouse? Yeah. So they come back to the firehouse, sit at the kitchen table, and talk about it with a counselor in front of each other. And Vince, you shared the story that there was another room, right? And they said, come on in the room. And if you want to talk about it, talk about it. If you don't, you don't. My model is basically meet the clients where they are. And that would involve having multiple counselors like you had. And let's say somebody's grieving, they're, they're shooting, you know, hoops. Another one's in their bunk, reading a book. Another one's in the kitchen making the sauce. We call it sauce or gravy. Depends on what house you're at. Yeah. yeah. Or sauce. Sauce by us. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst food club you've ever had um mine's chicken kievs mm. really yeah i haven't had too many bad ones i don't think chinese food at the airport yeah well i had uh in this like dead of august 100 degrees out and it was um what biscuits and gravy for lunch yeah yeah that's just the biscuits oh for lot for, for lunch? lunch yeah Ooh. yeah that one i mean and what, uh, there was a firehouse where there's one, like, he ordered sushi. Now, really? do you think sushi goes goes over well Negative. in a firehouse, especially Negative. with all these salty guys who expect something that is really bad for them? Yeah, that they're not allowed to eat at yeah. home. The, the, the one uh, 
chief just got up and left. He sat, he sat down, was like, is this lunch? And they're like, yeah, he just got up and fucking left. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you got to tell the guy. Hey, yeah, for just sure. to let you know, we're going to try something new. We're, we're going sushi tonight, you know? Right. Well, you know, give you, me my 20 bucks back. <laughs> what, did Dan Trader tell the Dan Trader story about, you know, cause he's a big jacked animal, MMA fighter, green beret, workout enthusiast. So his like first day cooking, he's at the Lincolnwood Fire Department. His first day cooking, he makes like a f- vegetable stir fry, and he's all proud of it. And these guys are like, "Hey, don't ever fucking do that again." Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I gotta eat this shit at home. I want. I'm not eating it here. You know, <laughs> firehouse is my cheat day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had beef Wellington one time. It was Jesus. it was really good. Oh. It was really good. That is. Have you guys ever looked into how to make a beef Wellington? Ridiculous. Yeah. It's like that one that's like covered in like croissant almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's but insanity. The, the beef Wellington it. is nothing if you don't get the sauce right. Correct. If you if you mess up the sauce, you just got a fucking stupid well, steak. Now we're back now we're back on sauce is uh your it's, Italian it's, American uh, I've heard it I've heard it both. I think honestly you're probably more of a dick if you have an argument about it. <laughs> oh, like it, like it's like a person, like like no, we yeah, don't want to hear like, it anymore, or is it's like, hey, uh, leave Giuseppe alone because he's gonna fucking. Smack that's what it like. Why line. even have the argument again? Like, if this is what he, this idiot wants to call it, then oh just call right, it. and they <laughs> get know, like, like jacked up about yeah, like, yeah, like worked pop, up like too. I could yeah. see how they actually have that argument at his firehouse. Oh, right, yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. I'll I'll tell you, I got a good one. So this kid, he um, he cooked on. Uh, he cooked he was doing a trade on our shift and um he always made this like chicken uh poor boy sandwich just a poor boy sandwich with chicken instead and he made it once and he killed it and like this kid came in the one day like he just had like like an armful of spices he brought in all of his own stuff because he's worried he wasn't sure what was gonna happen and then um we're like hey like do it with us like, like make it again he's like oh i don't have the spices he like looks through the cabinet and we're like dude we got spices everywhere like, dude you know make it here and he made it and one of the unidentified ingredients he was trying to use i think was cumin and i thought the magic agreement ingredient was cinnamon it's always cinnamon. Ah. I thought you knew this story. Oh, did I ruin your story? Dude. You put the brakes oh. on me. No, 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 I was getting he he used cinnamon instead of cumin. Oh, oh okay. And it was a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> like everyone's sitting down. It looks the same. It looks the same in the container. And like they both start with C. Right, exactly. He made the exact same thing. Only with cinnamon instead of cumin. And like I I was like this smells like a fucking honey bun that's on. I don't know what the fuck. Was it good, like, though? Te- the worst thing I've ever had. Uh, like, oh I God. did like the chief. I got up. I was like, I can't do this. And like, hey, look at me. I can get past a lot. You know, like I can I can get past a lot. But, dude, it was the grossest oh thing I've ever had. I, I was helping. Uh, one of the guys wanted to make homemade pizza. So we sent, and I, and I was the medic, and we sent the other guy shopping, and he came back uh, and bought the, the cheese. And I didn't realize he had bought, like, this non-melting imitation. So I made the pizzas, you know, and everything. And we (laughs) we had this reliever bias. And uh, he took one bite. And I made, like, a a pretty fire uh, 
pot of soup, you know, uh, earlier in the day. Okay. So uh, he fucking took, he had like four or five, he was so excited about pizza, this poor officer, and he put it on his plate, and then he took one bite, and like, realized like the cheese is crunchy because it's not like a, it's like an imitation melting he took, a, he took a bite out of this jack it's like pizza. he was eating like a fucking lego like a grinded lego or something. and he's just he like he he spit it out on the plate like in front of everybody too and i'm like uh and he walks over and he just dumps the whole fucking uh plate of pizza out goes Making gets sure a co- to make a spectacle right. of himself the whole <laughs> right. of course of course makes a coffee cup worth of soup you know throws a spoon in it doesn't even say anything and just walks up to his room oh my god i was like oh no but like i should have checked that this guy bought this god it's it's oh no wonder god. we all have some type of <laughs> mental because we're such dicks to each other absolutely <laughs> but, but greg that, as a medic you don't get to cook that often do you i don't cook at all yeah i'm the, actually an engineer now so i'm doubly i gotta make the rig <laughs> but the best i gotta say the best this is my tie-in to the book mm. but uh my the best meal that i've ever had it was at 113 it was pete straff he's the lieutenant there now but he was uh, on the third shift but he was a fireman there and he made shrimp and grits oh. and it was so good he made the roux he made it nice. all from scratch it was wow. so yeah we got uh, we got a guy that by us that's been doing it homemade the shrimp and, shrimp grits, and, and grits oh yeah knocks out of the park so he he actually collaborated with me on the on the cover of the book and um I start. He he. he Where did that. is that? Where is that picture taken? He took. So he Where's took. Where's that lighthouse? This is really funny. So um, he took the picture. That's a photo. So the water, the land, and the the sky is one picture. It's just a photo. And then he clipped art the the lighthouse and the firefighter and the land. And then he put the beam there. He did it all on his phone. No shit. So when wow. I was trying to get it to the publisher, she's like. Yeah, it's too big of a file, and have have your graphic designer send it. And I'm like, Pete, do you know what she's talking about? <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, I'll send her what I got. But anyway, I started with that because, you know, lighthouse. So Was um, there not a lighthouse in the picture? The lighthouse was clip art, too? Yeah, clip art. Oh, wow. The lighthouse is clip art. Okay. Correct. So I was part of the Lake County um, Suicide Prevention Task Force for a while, and they needed a logo and so I went to Pete and I'm like, hey, let's collab on this. And we started and it was actually not a firefighter. It was just a man and he was holding a compass. And it was just an idea that I had in my head. And he put it kind of like a fake sunset, computerized sunset in the background. So when I got the, the book deal, um, the only thing I didn't have control over was the book cover. And I'm like, shit, I really want this. And so I went to Pete and I said, hey, I, we may not get it, but... They basically said, we know what, what sells and you don't. Yeah. So, and I get that, you know. So he came up with this, and it, he knocked it out of the park. And I... So um, everything we know is a lie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Correct. So I gave, it, I gave it to them, and they're like, we love this. This That's is fantastic. Cool. So, That's cool. So it's got a good tie-in. You know, he, he did that for me, and I, I, I appreciate it immensely. See, so. they're right back to 113. It's always one thirteen. <laughs> I love how you talked about this incredible book that you wrote, and like the biggest thing is is the picture, like any other dumb fireman. Like, but 100%. the picture needs to be good too. Hundred <laughs> percent. So the funny thing about this book is, people say, you know, like, well, are they going to read it? So um, it's only one hundred and ten pages, so it's 
really firefighter friendly. It's firefighter are there lots friendly. of pictures in there? So there aren't a lot of pictures, <laughs> but it comes, I, it comes with a set of crayons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right for, for eating, <laughs> <laughs> for snacks. Yeah, you get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it is easily digestible. They're quick. They're quick chapters. <laughs> um, I like to call it the primer. And actually, that Qual Foundation, a lot of what they talk about is. This could be the the primer for that movie. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, I have, I have that in this in my book. I have this in my book. This would be a so I might have well, to gonna contact have, them. Yeah, I'm gonna have you get together with them because you guys are a perfect marriage. Yeah. So we'll a little we're companion gonna, book. Yeah, we're gonna do something. I appreciate. Let's it. get something done. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. All your time at 113, just because we're we're gonna go back and forth here. Give us some like memorable moments of your time as a firefighter at 113. So one of my favorite stories um, is, so I was on the pipe and we pull up and there's a, it's a basement fire and it's blowing out of uh, side A. And um, I have Bill Pinto from Tower 14. He's, he's leading us that day. Uh, I don't know who he did a trade with, but he was leading us that day. And, uh, you guys know Bill Tapinto, right? He's 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 subhuman. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> above human. He's like he's like a superhero. Yeah. that's what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. He's like a superhero, and um, he gets there and he's like, "Greg, awesome. Okay, just shoot it from the outside, and then I'm gonna go in, and then we could, the stairs were compromised, so okay. we couldn't go out through the stairs." He's like, "Just give it a hit. I'll go in, and you hand me the pipe." I'll hand you the pipe and we'll put it out. We'll go home and have lunch. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> sounds, it sounds like yeah. a great plan. <laughs> sounds like a great plan. Did it work that way? No, of no, course. Of course <laughs> it never does. So I hit it from the outside. I, I, he goes in head first into this basement window. Oh my God. And he like dove in like, and he dives right in. So me thinking, Hey, if he could do that, I could do that. <laughs> so, I jump in, and now he's right there. So I'm holding on to him. My helmet falls off. My legs are up in the air. I'm like Winnie the Pooh in the in the hole in the hole, you know, stuck trying to get the honey. And my legs are waving out. And he's like, "You got it, Greg. You got it." He's rooting he's like me cheering on. you on. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So you can do it. So then he, the only way to get me out is he gets out of the way, and I tumble in, and I grab my helmet, and I I, I stand up, and he hands me the pipe. He's like, "Good job, Greg." And I I think to myself, I'm like, "Man." I am not Bill DePinto. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Man, he is superhuman. And he's encouraging you along the way. He was great. Just, oh, my gosh. He was great. But it shows that, you know, we, we can still have fun and be infallible, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think people, more people need to realize that. that and I know that people are getting on the job now for different reasons than they used to back in the day. Right. Uh, with the economy and how things are just in the world in general. And, and I see this because I'm, I'm detailed to the academy now. So I see the candidates that are coming in. But back in the day, what. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by the Frontline Team. The Frontline Team is a group of professional mortgage bankers with the sole focus of finding a product that fits. Um, the Frontline Team's phone number is 630-534-2900. You can reach them at 
the frontline team at thefederalsavingsbank.com. These guys, Joey, Josh, I mean, what can we say about them as people? They're amazing people. Amazing people. Amazing, and strong. But I, no, I, I agree with you. They're, they're one of us, yeah. and they get it. They understand your needs. Buying a home, getting a mortgage, applying for a loan, these are pretty daunting tasks, as yeah. we all know. Right, right. And these guys are passionate about it. Like, like again, we, we've talked about it in the past. Yep. The Frontline Team. What's that number, Corey? Uh, the number, once again, for these guys is 630-534-2900. Make sure to ask for our buddies over there. And, um, and again, you're going to want to find them at the Frontline Team at thefederalsavingsbank.com. Who were, who, who were the people that were coming to join the fire department? Trades. Tradesmen, right? Yeah. That's, we're getting college-educated candidates now, and this is, the fire department has become a better source of income than what's out there right now for these college graduates. Correct. Yeah. And so a, it, it, it's, it is changing the landscape of the department. You're telling me that tradesmen now, all that time everyone's telling us, go to college, go to college, get a degree. <laughs> I know your dad's sitting there yeah. swinging a hammer telling you, well, not your dad, but my dad's painting walls and yeah. fixing diesel trucks telling me get a get a college degree, and now all the people that are in the trades are killing it. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> uh, recession-proof. Yeah. Actually, I got a question for you, Greg. So I noticed out by um, um, the suburbs that it's not – I mean, we, we had the college – um, honestly, Steve, I feel like the college influx was around our time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but now we're having fire, like, like pretty well, well-known fire departments where they've got two to three candidates showing up to a test. Like, oh, do yeah. you have any? Do you have any opinions on like why maybe people are not wanting to become firemen at all anymore, or, or paramedics at all anymore? Um, I, I, I don't know if I can weigh on that. I yeah. just, I just definitely think that it's a, it's a working job and yeah. I don't think anybody wants to work. I don't think this next generation is pretty, you know, they, that's what they want to do. Yeah. And I don't, I don't well, have Well, I think that we're in a generation where you get people making millions of dollars putting up videos. Yeah. You know, right. that who wouldn't want to do that? You know that that or, or that just dream like of trying to get paid talking yeah about bullshit that, nobody like cares about starting a podcast and yeah. shit right. like that you know so weird yeah did you see that um somebody was showing um a video of China and what they asked them have you seen that video Mm-mm. they asked the Chinese students what the number one thing they want to be when they grow up like if they could be anything and they uh, the number one answer was astronaut. And then they asked American kids, and the, the number one answer was to be a influencer. Influencer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, it's great life if you can do it. Be an influencer. You're getting paid money to do nothing, but do what you normally do: go to parties. Well, one of the interesting stuff. things that I deal with as a counselor is the next generation is really excited about mental health. They're super excited about it because, so what's the average age in the room? I mean, uh, oh. 30, yeah, thirty-five. Who's the oldest guy in the room? I'm forty-eight, so oh, I know. I don't. Yeah, all right, so yeah. Vince's no. guy, you by about twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, our generation of firefighters came on, and what we do is we we see a counselor when the shit hits the fan. Right. So you're getting divorced. You get a DUI. Reactive. You, yes, you get uh, you punch somebody at the bar. Now you you go to the counselor and you say, "Give me a quick fix. How do I fix this?" And we all know it takes time. Steve, you have married an LPC. You know <laughs> that it takes time. You have to peel back the layers. The next generation, which starts with the millennials, they're very excited about mental health. And they want to, they're, that's part of their self-care. So we go to the gym, we take care of our bodies. We go get, um, you know, we eat healthy. And If somebody wanted to go to the gym to you take care of their stop. body. You just can't stop. I'm just saying. <laughs> Where would you go, Steve, if you wanted to take care of your I body? Think you could go to CrossFit Harwood Heights. <laughs> we'll care on the northwest side. That was a big thing for us when we actually, because, you know, we're all together in that, that venture, and it actually meant something to us to be able to help people in that regard. That I mean, just think about how much better you feel, and I know, Steve, you can attest to this. Oh, yeah. You're ha- you know, you have a shitty night. You go and you just leave it all on the floor. You cannot help but to feel better when you leave there. So let's say Craig touched on that. Like that's that's yourself. Yeah. Yeah, So if you come into my office and you say um, one of the first things I we do is we come up with what you like to do and what you don't like to do, and what if that's in your ready for the big word, milieu. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Do I get a gold star for M-A, that? Yeah. Yeah. As, as, as soon as Corey looks it up. He's counting on his fingers. One, two, potato. Okay, George. By the way, Corey hands out the gold stars. It's not a sticker. I mean, if it means It's not a sticker. So the just as long as he has a hand me mashed potato. I'm giving it it to whoever's taking it. Anybody that's taking it, it's there for you. Steve knows. Steve knows. Yeah, I've seen it. Steve puts the mash in mash Hey, this one's about you, buddy. You're right. All right, take this one out of the chip. Yeah. Yeah. So so circling back. (laughs) Circling back. We'll we'll come up with what you like and what you don't like, and if if working out is in in your wheelhouse, then we'll we'll touch on that, and I'll make sure that um, we'll make sure that you're going to do that. Because so what you're happens just when for you some work? Some type of positive, whatever, some type of positive coping uh, mechanism. Okay. So it's the goal is to stop the maladaptive coping mechanisms and do positive coping mechanisms. And like for me, I when I'm my head's kind of not right there, I'll I'll take my dog to the park. And I'll I'll throw with him, and it's you're in the woods, you're it's nice, you see the birds. I know it's the city, but I live on the north. Uh, you by, have birds up by you. Yeah, we have birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's birds, but there's some there's some land. Yeah. So and you know just find nature and and exercise with the dog. Well, you know um, what would be cool, and I'm gonna throw this idea out to you, but could you imagine if you came to you and you're like, you know, Greg, I need I need some help. All right, do you like working out? Fucking love it. All right, we have a gym downstairs. Let's just say at your place, we have a gym downstairs. I'll meet you down there. You go in and you get a great workout in, and then you talk about it after the workout. Start, like, putting it in while you guys are working out, and then when you're done, when you're sitting there and you've released all those endorphins, and you start talking about it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a great atmosphere to – I would – 
I would love to talk to somebody at the end of a, a workout and just be like, yeah, man, that was a great one. Uh, you got a place for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of Steve. Okay. 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 Yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? That just, would be fantastic. That would be a great environment to go to that level where you actually want to talk about something. The only thing that I would say, and I, I like your idea a lot, but the only thing that I would say against it is um, therapy is is exhausting. So even the positive aspects is exhausting. Um, I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but to get to the nuts and the bolts of the situation, you got to go through some bad, open some bad doors, and you you to get to those good doors. So that would be the only thing that I would I would I would heed in that situation. Going, going to Vince's point, do you find um, do you find like you want someone in, in a particular headspace when they're walking into therapy with you? Like you want them? Like do you prefer to have people in the morning versus later on in the evening, or you know someone who's fresh off of an incident versus months into an incident? That they so have? I see people weekly, um, sometimes biweekly, uh, from eleven to three, and then I pick up again from six to nine. Um, uh, so basically, what you're saying is after an incident. Um, or sure. after shift, I see Whatever. because I see them weekly. It, it's always a different thing. They're okay. always processing different stuff. So if you have childhood trauma, then we'll process that uh, down the road. If you had an incident where you were um, had a traumatic uh, incident, an event, an event yeah. um, it's got to be immediate. Um, and then there's follow up thereafter because it's it's very much like a wound you know you you cut that wound but here's here's something that i do want to touch on with you guys is um do you know what emdr is uh-uh. emdr is eye movement desensitization reprocessing we definitely do not you know s- no. you saw it in the quell foundation video they talked about it you probably didn't pick it up but it's the premier way of dealing with trauma and it's really interesting and i'd like to take you through it if you don't mind please Okay. Okay. Um, you do it to Steve. Uh, I I can't do it, but I can explain it. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to. It's it's very it's amazing. It was um, developed in the uh, mid '80s by Dr. Francine Shapiro, and she was dying of cancer, and she realized that. Well, what what do you guys think dreaming is? What do you think? Why do you think we dream? Oh man, I. So I've been dumb. asking myself that question for a long We're time because so especially when you do like if you take that CBD that we talked about earlier and you have those ridiculous, vivid, colorful, long dreams. I'm like, where where is this coming from? And I would argue that Vince is the most spiritual. Okay. Out of the three of us. Oh, not, any, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that one, throw it right in the trash. Like, like as of 45 minutes ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so basically... Um, Vince is riding on a wolf in the Sierra Desert right now. <laughs> okay. right, what was that? Was that uh, Wayne and Garth? Remember that? They were going through the woods. Or the, the, de- the desert. I'm, th- I'm thinking like Homer when he took peyote. Oh, right. <laughs> and they meet Jim Morrison. That <laughs> was Wayne's World 2. So uh, according to a clinician, uh, your brain is a computer. And basically, all your dreams are is just what you, your emotions, the past stuff, the what what you've absorbed throughout the day. Because our eyes are our vessel. You know, we we see everything, but we see so much more than what we're actually paying attention to. Like in the corner of my eye, I might be catching that, uh, maybe catching that uh, remote control, and it's just like that. As I go out the door, uh, 
there's so much stuff that your mind has to process. So is this where they're talking about like if you're driving, like if you're driving on 94 and they're like, oh, okay, like what color was the tree at this exit? And your uh, body just is always processing things. Yeah. It just it recognizes that there are trees, but has no idea, like doesn't doesn't focus in on any of these Correct. things. That kind of so when so when you go to bed, your mind has to process all this information that you had. So what your eyes go back and forth, right? REM sleep and your eyes going back and forth is important because what it's doing is it's going crossing the the midline of your brain because you have a right side of your brain and your left side of your brain. It goes oh, back shit. and forth. And by doing this, it computes and it puts it in files. So it takes everything in your, in your mind and it puts it in a file. When you have a traumatic event, um, briefly, you have a corrupt file. So it goes in there and it, it's a file that's not doing well. And that's how we see symptoms of PTSD, um, hypervigilance, uh, uh, ruminating thoughts, flashbacks, nightmares. It's all these, it's your, your brain, your amygdala is, is hot. Your amygdala is part of your brain and it's really focused on, on the event and your prefrontal cortex, which is the front. I know I'm getting, keep going. Oh, I love it. Prefrontal cortex is, is your, it's your gateway. It basically says, it says, Hey, it's supposed to. So, okay. So when we have back in the day, when we were cavemen, we would see a bear and the bear would come and your amygdala would say, you got to fight it. You got to fly or run away, or you got to freeze like a possum. And those were the three options that your brain, your God gave us. So, um, when you see a traumatic event, you do the same thing and you go in that fight, flight or freeze response. Um, you're, when it's done and we leave your prefrontal cortex, which is the front of your brain says, Hey, chill out. We're good. We're good. Everything's okay. Uh, everything's back to normal. Well, there's a miscommunication between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala because of whatever reason, this trauma that this file that was put into your brain corruptly and it doesn't work. And that's why we have hypervigilance. And that's why we have ruminating thoughts and flashbacks. It's our brain, it's brain chemistry. So we don't know how Literally to stop trying it. to process the images that you're, yeah. that we're going on. And it, it has this corrupt file. So EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So eye movement. So what I'll do during the day is I'll have you follow my finger and we'll go directly to the moment that you had the corrupt file. And we'll go specifically like, what are you wearing? What did it smell like? Where were you sitting? How were you sitting? And I'll talk to you about it. And I'll have you follow my finger and it'll go back and forth just like REM sleep. It's just you're awake and it's you're processing it in the daytime. And it's so amazing. And you can go find that corrupt file by doing that. Yes. Your, yes. your, your brain associates that movement with going through those files. So the, the, you have to find the file and there's a whole method that we do that. And it's, it's, a, it's mapping it and we have to find the neural network where that, that is. And once we find it, then we do the processing. Oh, that's crazy. So I'll have you follow the finger and you'll say, I'll say, <clears throat> excuse me, all I'll say is, uh, what are you thinking now? And it's kind of like um, that game where you, let's play it right now. Uh, tell me the first thing you're thinking of uh, when I say is cat. Quick. Meow. Uh, dog. Bark. Uh, cigarette. Smoke. Earbuds. Bows. Hand. Job. 
So that's ex- oh, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> I was waiting for one. That was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Just because you've been staring at Corey. There you go. Goddamn Hannibal Lecter, the fire department you're dealing there with. You right <laughs> the lesson with that, with EMDR, is that you you're it's it's following your prefrontal core, it's following your neural network, and basically you you come up when I say when I stop and I say what are you thinking now? You say whatever comes to your mind, and it, it your mind magically fixes it. It gets to it, and we have to lower. So it's eye movement desensitization. So the desensitization part is we bring that level down. That so level that you can access it more easily? It's just we've accessed it, and now we need to bring the, the, the stress level down. Yeah, it sounds like you're almost like uh, like recentering almost. Yeah, right? so we found it. So we found it, and now we're bringing the stress level down. The final part, the R, is reprocessing. So I'll find something that you really enjoy. and which Handjobs. There you go, right. hand jobs. So <laughs> I don't hate them. We would reprocess that the hand jobs, and we would put it back into your into your mind, and I would I would have you follow my finger, and we take that corrupt file out, and we place it with something that's good. But does did you ever wipe it from someone's mind that that the bad part of that memory, that hurtful memory, is there a way to completely remove that, or do you just want to put it in a different place that isn't, like you said, as sensitive to. So I, I, I think down the road, I think we could do that. Uh, right now, that's not an option of actually erasing it. Like, what is that, Total Recall? Or there was another yeah. movie that came out mm. like that where they erased it and put a new one in. I mm. forgot what movie oh, that was. What was that movie? Yeah. But anyway, um, what we can do now is, is, is lower the distress level that you're having with it. And then we put something positive in there and we fill it up. Like how, how do you, what do you replace that with? What, like, give me an example of something positive that you would replace that with. So let's say um, you have a, a good relationship with your wife or your child um, or your family um, and you feel really good about it. Um, I would, I would, have you think on that and and think about it and then have you follow my fingers and um put that back in and we try to raise and we measure it we say on it from a from one to eight where are you at and you want to be at an eight so an eight with the good stuff the good stuff so now whenever your brain wants to hit that corrupt file it's gonna project the good thing that you tried at that moment yeah because previous you were your file was corrupt so that your brain wasn't working in sync. So now if you, that's because that file was corrupt, but now you've lowered, we've in a sense lowered the distress level and we've implanted almost the good stuff and brought it up. So it's like a recharge or like a re yeah. reboot just uh, you know, let's, let's maybe I'm having issues with whatever come back. We'll help you out. Yeah. But for the most part, I would love, to not have, if somebody was having a traumatic issue and after six months they said, I feel great. And we wean them off, you know, we'll do two two times a month and then maybe one time a month and then that's it, you know, that'd yeah. be great. But that's, I have a lot of people that, that stay for long periods of time. And week to week we have issues that are going on in our lives that need, we need to process. Um, you know, maybe at work you had, had an issue or maybe um, couldn't, you know, for whatever issue, 
you may be, you, you can just process it at work. Do you guys do anything with people who come to you with substance abuse, alcoholism, drug abuse? Because are you set up for that? Because I would imagine that you got to send them to a, like a, I don't know, detox facility or something like that. So if they're, um, one of the things that's interesting with Chicago Fire Department that I don't think people realize is you don't have to go on last chance to get help. And I don't know if the fire department does a really good job about that. I think... Um, so explain last chance to people who... Last chance is when we, we have random drug testing on Chicago Fire Department. And if you pop, then you have to, you sign your termination papers and you have to see a counselor. Uh, I don't know how often it is. Is that part of last chance that you sign it and then it just sits there? Yeah, you sign your termination papers. And then you see the counselor and you have to go through AA or residential, depending on how, how far gone you are. And um, you will do that for the interim of your career. And if you ever have an incident where it pops again, then you're fired. They just, if you, they test, if you, you test positive. Oh, no, 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 no. If you have any involvement with drugs or alcohol Correct. at any point for the rest so of your career. So it's not co- just contingent on testing positive. No. If you're on last chance and let's say you're in a car with a DUI, oh, incident, yeah. then you're done? Yeah. No, Ken. Yeah. I didn't know that. So um, I thought it was only like testing probation. positive twice. No. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had seven or eight drugs I could have went through again. <laughs> last chance for each one of them. But the interesting thing is, is we can go to get help and not go on last chance. So, and I'm talking about like, residential. So I, I've used the term residential. That means going to the facility. It could be in another state or whatever. And the fire department has to, has to absorb that. They have to let you do that. And you so will, if you need help and you go to a, like a rehab center, correct. The city has, that's part of our what insurance or yeah, it's, what initiative covers that? I'm, I'm not too familiar with that side cause I'm private practice. You'd have to talk to the people that know. See, I don't think anybody yeah. knows that that's available to them. But it is, and it's it's sad that we don't know that that you know that help is there. Like, let's say I I drink alcohol and I can't control it, and I, every day I have to drink, and I have issue with it, um, and it's breaking up my family, and I'm coming to work. I can go to the fire department and say I need to go to residential. And they have to allow me to do that. And I won't lose my job and I won't go on last chance. So even hearing Greg saying that it's okay, it's still scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got that same feeling? Like I would be so hesitant, even you telling me that it's okay, like to go forward and admit to these guys who potentially put me on last chance right then and there. Right. Because that's how I feel. But it's such a scary step forward to go ahead and be like, hey, I got a problem. I need the department to help me out here. Right, right. And that's, I think, part of the stigma. I think that's part of what we're trying to erase. I think the fire department should come out with a general order or department memo that says those exact things. If you have, if you want to get help. But none exists right now. Nothing. So where, if we wanted to be 100% sure that, that, where would we find that information? Once again, I'm private practice. I'm just okay. a member of the fire department. I can't address but, that. Do you have anything that you know? Like, it, no, in our department, is it I, a I memo, would, a directive? I would first contact your union representation. 
uh, steward, VA, or um, call down on the hall and have one of the the ladies uh, that answer the phone uh, direct you to where to go from there. Yeah, I think they're so the too. ones that are going to know the best, and they're going to be the ones that have seen that situation before, and, and they're going to protect you. Right, right, and then put you in the right place where you know where you can be protected. Yeah, Correct. So, well, so. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I want anybody who's listening, who might be in this situation. Yeah, go to the union first. Don't go down the medical first, right? It, wouldn't that be the, the way to go about it? Um, I think it's up to the person on how they want to handle it, but I, I definitely think that's not a wrong way to handle it. If it's, a, if it's a, an, an emergency, you know, then that's... Yeah, if you end up in the ER and right. you need to detox, um, you might have to call medical and go on, on medical roll. But, um, yeah, it's, it's never a bad thing to call your union representative. Right, right. And, and just even to say hi. Yeah, for <laughs> just sure. Just even to talk. Sure. <laughs> so um, to answer your question, we have uh, what are uh, clinicians that are at our practice that are called CADC, which is Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor, and they're trained to deal with uh, addictions in any scope or spe- part of the spectrum so um, there's levels of readiness that we learn about in counseling, and um, I maybe I'm I have no problem, I have no issue, I'm all the way to I need help, and we're trained to deal with those situations. Okay, Greg. Before I forget, we go into a another story. How can people pick up your book and give them the name of the book? So the name of the book is Mental Health Mayday, A Firefighter's Survival Guide from Recruit Through Retirement. And you can get it at Amazon, uh, barnesandnoble.com, and that's it. Okay. And you were suggesting going straight to? Amazon. Well, Amazon took a while, right? Okay. Which, which one did you like? He about? wants you to go to Amazon. Oh, you want to go to Amazon? Yeah, Amazon okay. would be preferable. Okay, go to Amazon. If you, Some people are not into the whole Amazon thing, so go to barnesandnoble.com. <laughs> They're not in the old internet thing. You know, like, <laughs> the interwebs. Uh, right. Um, and, and I know people can find you. Um, do you guys have like a Facebook page or in social media? So I, I have my personal one, Facebook page. It's, a, it's called Greg's First Responder Mental Health Mayday. Awesome. And I put out a little blip about, about mental health. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I, I just saw yeah. it when um, I tagged you in something yeah so yeah so i i put little things on there when the book came out i kind of stopped with the with the the little mental health blurb but it's always on there i'm always on there trying to get people to to help do self-care can we give away a book it's called greg's custard that book is yours okay well if we want um to uh we'll put something on facebook and we'll give one away i think that's fantastic and uh so we'll do something steve Maybe one of those raffle things or sure. however you want to do it. But sure. we'll give away one of these things, and uh, we got another one coming. So maybe um, uh, we can get this out to a couple other people. I appreciate it. Okay. I appreciate it. Uh, Corey? Greg, I got a question for you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Here we go. So Hang on. Been around the fire department. I got a good feeling about this one. Mm-hmm. Hang been on to your mashed potatoes. Multiple, <laughs> multiple fire departments. His mashed potatoes are... <laughs> Listen, whoever's mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, baby. Whoever's mashed potatoes are out there. If you got steak, I got mashed potatoes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, been around a couple different fire services or a couple different fire departments in the fire service. Uh, what would you say is one of the best pranks you've seen around the firehouse? 
Come on, Greg, come through. <sighs> My goodness. We, we, we've we've kind of hit a dry spell with the good ones here, so um, we need you, buddy. Do the trucks still have the independent pass alarms? Uh, yes. Yeah, the yeah, non-integrated yeah, yeah. I think ones? So. I think so, yeah. So I know the good one was when someone was taking a crap, they, you turn the lights off and then you slide the pass alarm into the bathroom. <laughs> so then you hear beep, 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 eh, eh. <laughs> And you're like, fuck. Just trying to wipe yourself. And it's, and it's echoing yeah, in it's the bathroom. So oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. been there. <laughs> but that's, that's more yeah. PG. Yeah. River Grove, they yeah, had some yeah, good ones. Disgusting. My, yeah. Oh, it, disgusting is, is <laughs> the least to you can say. Yeah. So that bathroom in the back, they used to uh, take the CO uh, uh, extinguisher and, and put it under the door so that people would pass out. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing about yeah. that. That was that one off the bay floor? Yeah. That yeah, can be murder. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. That, that's not, hey, that's the next podcast. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yeah. First responder murder. Yeah, Greg, Greg said fuck earlier. He thought that we, he was offending us. Yeah, well, he just he murdered. Said, I know he what he said. He just asphyxiated. Well, now you don't want to say it. Oh, I don't. I'm not. You're Greg not. is though. Yeah. So well. it's okay. You know what? No, it's a no, funny no, word. It's a, it's a funny word because in the wrong hands, it feels very racist. It does. But like, if you got a little muster behind it when you just say it, feels very racist. But when you just say it. It, yeah, it's it's a it's a ethnicity. Yeah, so it's, especially it's like if it comes I, I, with a New York accent or something like that right, too. Exactly. Then it's like, like it's all right, thing. whatever. I am un- like, if you've got a German accent, not so much. Not so much. You want to throw that? I am I am unabashedly referred to on the West Side and most circles as the bad Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be referred to as the good Jew? Uh, is there is Moses? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought you were the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, Harmon Killebrew. <laughs> oh, there wow. You go. I like twins. it. Twins. I like it. It's the twins. Yeah. I, th- I think the Moe's yeah. joke is the best. It takes a cake for all. <laughs> <laughs> really? I just said Harmon Killebrew, and you got nothing? I, yeah. I don't know who he is. is he's the Hebrew hammer. Yeah. The, the actor from that. No, <laughs> he's from the twins. He was, was an old baseball player. Yeah, he was uh, a oh, home run hitter. What? Yeah. I have his baseball card. Pretends yeah. to be a baseball, right now. He pretends to be a baseball Dude, fan. He wears I've a Cubs hat. Look up yeah. Harmon Killebrew right yeah. now. Yeah. I have his yeah. baseball card. Do you have a Harmon Killebrew baseball card? I do. I have a whole card? bunch of them. That thing's happy. Yeah. You know what? White, right? Hey, sure. White Sox today should just do a whole episode. Of the Hebrew Hammer? Yeah, of the Hebrew <laughs> Hammer. Yes, yes. That's well, fantastic. no, Greg is, was not the Hebrew Hammer. He was the bad Jew. I was the bad Jew. I still am. <laughs> my uh here's a funny story my um my daughter's at lane tech she's a freshman and she's learning about all the religions of the world and they make them you know write all you know all the the, the backstories and stuff like that and she now i married a catholic my wife's catholic and um she comes down my daughter comes downstairs and she's like hey what's the name of the place i have to put it right here it says um place of worship where they go to 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 pray um and learn about the the bible and stuff like that and i said uh i said oh that's uh and she's like it's a it's a su su it starts with a su and she couldn't think of it and i'm like well that's the temple 
And they both look at me, my wife and my daughter look at me like, no, no, it starts with a sin, sin. <laughs> and I'm like, shul. It's called shul. We, uh, I said, but that's a Yiddish word. I don't know if that's a Euro- Eastern European. They used to, shul? They used to call, they had a whole language called Yiddish. Yep, right. And, um, and I, I said, shul, that's what it is, shul. And she goes, no, it's like sinna. And my wife turns to me and says, really? You don't know the word synagogue? And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. That's he what said, the word Oi. was. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you really are the bad Jew. <laughs> They've been saying it, but I yeah. believe them. <laughs> yeah. Remember, were you there at River Grove when I used to put, like, find the Jew? No. I used to put tests. Well, you probably can't yeah. tell that. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, I would have a piece of paper. I would have a Yiddish word of the day. And it would be like, oh. sh- it would be like schmaltz. It would be like, uh, yeah, like schmaltz or something like that. I would put what the definition was. But I had games. I had like find the Jew. And it would be like, it would be like, it would be like jo- Joseph Dunn, <laughs> Vince Zittman, <laughs> Moishe Rabinowitz. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> uh, that'd be the next the next game on Chicago's Bravest Stories. Uh, <laughs> I like how you threw a Vince. Vince. <laughs> That's just to throw them off. <laughs> Is it though? Because well, they're going to see that name without seeing That's me. That's what I'm like, saying. That's uh, a maybe. Uh, right. Yeah. Are there any Jewish people in Guam? I don't think so. I don't I'm sure. Like, I'm I don't sure. I don't like, recall there's ever seeing be like one. a couple like floating around or like one guy with a big beard that's surfing or something that's out funny. there. Uh, well, Greg, tell everybody again where we can get this book. So where, the where book is called find, <laughs> so the book is Mental Health Mayday, a firefighter survival guide from recruit through retirement. You can get it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. All right. Any last words? Uh, one last thing say I like it. to say oh, is here we go. Uh, here we go. it's published by MSI Press, and they're really good. Uh, you can get it on the publisher's website, MSIPress.com. Uh, MSIPress.com. All right, Greg. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And then uh, we'll do this again. Sounds good. All right, Greg. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.